this episode of Can't Sleep Cast, we're going to be discovering some interesting things about the film, The Crow. This is another installment of the Cursed Films docuseries, available on Shudder.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Can't Sleep cast. And as priorly mentioned, we are going to revisit some more of this Cursed Films docu-series. And I'm excited because the the last two episodes that I did, uh, they're doing very well. I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. But they were actual horror movies. And that's the difference. That's a big difference when it comes to The Crow. Yes, a man is dead, he is a vigilante, but he is not, this is not a scary movie per se. This is not even dubbed horror or thriller. It's an action drama fantasy. So we're definitely stepping into a different realm, but this is the Can't Sleep cast, okay? Nothing is off limits, guys. This is simply a show that's dedicated to the idea of being up late at night. And this movie would definitely be an interesting one to watch late at night simply because of the history as well as the creepiness of Brandon Lee's, uh, uh, Bruce Lee's son, Brandon, dressing up like Sting the Wrestler. And you know what? Knowing that and knowing about The Crow, you got to remember, this was just the first one. They made this movie multiple times. There's, I think there's probably four different Crow movies. In fact... Edward Furlong from Terminator, American History X, went on to eventually play The Crow. And, you know, interesting choice. He is a creepy looking guy. But, hey, here we are looking at another interesting film on Shudder. And it's only going to continue to be interesting. This is the second to last episode. And uh, we're going to keep bringing it to you guys. And I realize... With my intro music, there's probably some of you young people that listen to this show that have no idea about the guy's voice in, this, in, in there saying, Darkness falls across the land. You probably have no idea who that is. And I forget who it is. It's Vincent something, I think. I don't know. But it is uh, Michael Jackson. It's from a Michael Jackson song. Thriller. So there you go. You know, special stuff. 
always dropping little, you know, little glitter flakes of knowledge. I don't know why I said glitter flakes. I feel dumb now. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave. You know, what's funny about this, about podcasting in itself, it's like at any point you could just be like, well, I'm just, it's over. I'm just gonna start a new episode. Maybe I won't record right now at six o'clock in the morning. That's right, folks. I'm a night owl. That was the inspiration of the show. The idea of not being able to sleep. And if you're not aware, this is only one of many shows that I host. And the way I look at it is, I think I probably do about as much time as Mr. Joe Rogan. You know, he's putting out three-hour episodes four, four times a week, give or take. And I'm doing that much by myself. I got multiple themed podcasts. In fact, if you're a fan of television, you like TV, and you like listening to people talk about old television shows in a humorous way, well, I got something for you guys. I have a brand new show that I just started. I just filmed the first episode, recorded the first episode. It is out on YouTube. It is also available on uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Radio Public. It's also on Podcast Addict, and it's simply called TYVM. It is a taxi review podcast, and by taxi, it is, I'm reviewing, I'm going through the entire series that was known as Taxi. It's got stars like Danny DeVito, Judd Hirsch, Tony Danza, Jim Conaway, uh, Latka, or Andy Kaufman. So many great people in the show. It, it started in 1978, 10 years before I was even born. And here I am, going through, watching every single episode, and giving you guys a breakdown of the episodes in every episode of the podcast. Did I say episode too much? Yes. Is it fine? No. <laughs> but we're going to continue on. Uh, find it on youtube.com slash C slash Bad Brain Studios. That is where video versions of that podcast is available. And I highly recommend it because let's just say this show is crazy. It's nutty. It's a nutty show. Uh, not peanutty like Charlie Brown. Boom. I got jokes. Watch out. Uh, but yes, we are going to... We sh we're going to be doing this uh, cursed film thing for the next couple episodes, and um, here we go. Here we go. This is another installment of Cursed Films, and like I said, we're looking at The Crow. So let's get started. Okay, so the initiation of this episode of Cursed Films, they certainly try to use the concept of the Lee family curse. That's the first curse that they actually mention, and we're going to talk about that because it's important. Now, to talk about the movie The Crow, the first thing you have to know is it's a comic book that I was completely unaware of had no idea, never even imagined that it was a comic book, but isn't the concept of the crow the exact same as Spawn? Now, which came first? Was it Spawn or was it the crow? Because they're very similar stories in the sense that uh, the husband is 
uh, he's left to see his he's killed and also the the wife is taken or raped or whatever and he has to come back he, he gets sent to hell and then he comes back as a dead guy vigilante right that's the same thing as spawn now something i have to wonder is a group of crows is called a murder so if you're killed by a group of crows that has to be a murder murder right <laughs> stupid joke but uh this this was actually filmed in north carolina it was a lower budget film and in the initiation of the filming people were receiving voicemails to the production where somebody was saying don't make this film it's just not going to work out. Don't make this film. It's going to be cursed, etc., etc. And the first real accident that took place in the filming of this movie was these. this electrician was moving. Now, keep in mind, The Crow was only, fil was only filmed at night. Now, an electrician who was driving a cherry picker in the middle of the night ran into a high wire that is electrified. And it set him on fire. And he received second and third degree burns. But he did not die. He survived. Makes you wonder. Did he come back to work? Did he come back to get the job done? Did he come back to finish? Because if there's any way. If there's any <laughs> typical look. That an electrician should have. It should be second and third degree burns. I mean it's just like. He, that guy knows what he's doing. He's learned his lesson. I feel like he's perfected it by now. But also during the filming of this movie, The Crow, the storm of the century hit. And keep in mind, they're filming in North Carolina. The hurricane destroyed the set. This is when tabloids started uh, dubbing the film The Curse of the Crow. And a woman who was a part of the production staff was actually quoted to have said, Things have happened during the filming. But no one has died. And other people involved in the production were like, oh, wow, that's, uh, I mean, looking back on it now, that's fucking, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have said that. Now, Lee was, uh, Brandon Lee, who starred in this film, who tragically died in this film, we all have heard about that. Uh, Brandon Lee was the only one who was actually offered the role of the crow and that's impressive that's very much like a johnny depp uh brad pitt uh leonardo dicaprio type status where they write a movie for that guy and brandon lee was at that point now there's also this character that was supposed to be in this film that ultimately got taken out after brandon was passed after brandon got killed there was a guy who was played by Michael Berryman, and you might recognize him from the original The Hills Have Eyes. He's a very distinctly look, looking guy, and he's never in your average movie, okay? It's always a scary movie because he's a strange-looking fella without any makeup on. And they were covering this dude in makeup for this uh, skull cowboy and I can only imagine because Michael Berryman has all, has not only worked as much as he has, but he's been around for so long. The dude has to be pretty rich. And it just makes you wonder what kind of life he's living. And then I also noticed that Michael Berryman uh, has no fingernails. 
Like, just, like, none. And you'd think, pretty convenient. It wouldn't look so weird if everybody was like that. Now, the, the guy who actually wrote this movie, he was, he wrote, he was writing The Crow as, like, a therapy thing because his wife was killed by a drunk driver. So he would spend hours upon hours just writing different things. And this story came out of him. So that's pretty interesting in itself because it just shows writing is still a very vital skill to have and very useful. And he put it to the use because this this movie, like I said, this is only one of, I think, four. So you can imagine that whether it was him or not, he created such an iconic character. And the filming of The Crow created a new perspective, a new look of films. There's many films that are similar that have that just dark, alter world, alternate world type of feel. The Matrix, uh, The Dark Knight Rises. I mean, anything in Gotham City, really, is pretty pretty uh, Crow-esque, if you will. Um, now, we mentioned the Lee family curse. Okay, the initial curse was said that maybe the Chinese mafia was after Bruce Lee because he was giving away martial arts secrets by doing what he was doing. And they obviously Bruce Lee passed away and he passed away quite tragically. But there's a lot of rumors surrounding this, like the Chinese mafia killed him. They killed his son. It was all a setup situation. But uh, one of the other things they said about Bruce Lee's death was he was struck by a death blow. And if you've ever seen the movie Kill Bill, she does that. Uma Thurman does that to uh, David Carradine. And the actual death blow apparently doesn't actually take effect for weeks, years. And that eventually caught up to him, I guess. And it's like, how could you how could you tell? You know what I mean? Other than the fact that he died. Now, the Lee family curse actually begins with Bruce Lee having a brother. And unfortunately, Lee's brother died very early in in conception, I think. Not conception, that wouldn't make any sense. But in the delivery, the brother never made it home. And the family claimed that a demon was after the males in the Lee family. So often, they would dress Bruce Lee in girls' clothing in his youth in the hopes of thwarting the demon so the demon didn't come and take Bruce. Now, uh, Lee was actually, he was allegedly seeing a young starlet. This is how he actually died. He was seeing a young starlet. While visiting her, he took a painkiller, and then he went to sleep. He went to take a nap, but he never woke up. Now, people tried to say that he had an adverse effect. Uh, the pain pill had an adverse effect on him, and that's what killed him. But there's also evidence that he had a heat stroke because Bruce Lee had his sweat glands removed one month prior, and he ended up having a seizure, which was also a, another sign that the, of the possible heat stroke situation. The dude had his sweat glands removed. What's that like? seems interesting to just not be able to sweat and uh bruce lee didn't finish his final film which 
what makes this even weirder for the simple fact that there is a scene in the film where a guy comes on set because it's like a movie in a movie comes on set and shoots Bruce Lee right in the face and it's very similar to uh, what happened to his son now because Brandon was initially going to get hit with a knife instead of a gun in this cursed films docuseries they talk to the makeup guy and the makeup guy is the one that created the 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 face of the crow for the film he created the prosthetics and he had already had this whole thing set up where a knife was going to be thrown and it was going to hit him in his chest obviously not piercing the skin or going through and they ended up changing the scene in the last minutes, they said, no, 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 we're going to have him get shot. So as Brandon Lee comes into the, into the scene, he's shot by Michael Massey. And after this happened, they're, they're, they're all sit, sitting around hoping, that, thinking he's going to get up. Like he's getting up, right? He's getting up. Well, he didn't get up. So they call the medic. <clears throat> Uh, several of these people went to the hospital where Brandon was, and he just didn't make it. He was only 28, a very young guy, and this is just a, a tragic accident, but it was all put on Michael Massey. Even after he died at the age of 63, people were putting him in the tabloids as the guy that killed Brandon Lee. Like, oh, what the fuck? He's branded with that for the rest of his life up until the moment he died, and even afterwards. That's just crazy, because he broke. He felt horrible, and honestly, it wasn't his fault. It's not his job to make sure that the fake gun is supposed, or the fake bullet is supposed to do what it's supposed to do. Because what happened was, they actually create these dummy rounds, Okay, we've all heard of blanks, but a dummy round is something very new to not just me, but probably a lot of you. And it is a fake bullet, but it has its rubber on the tip. And what they do is they actually load that so it looks real in the gun. And they fire it. And then they take out the casing. And they're supposed to take out the rubber piece or the semi-plastic piece from the inside of the chamber. And then they put in the, the blank, which has gunpowder, so it makes, the, the, makes it look like it's actually firing a bullet, right? Now, the production staff, whoever was doing this, forgot to take out the dummy head. So that was still lodged in the chamber of the gun, which is a real gun, a real gun they used on set. Still got a, a piece, a fragment of a bullet inside. And when you put in, the thing about the dummy head, the thing about the dummy itself, the dummy bullet, is that doesn't have gunpowder. It just looks real. Okay? Now a blank has gunpowder. Alright? So when you put those two together and the, the dummy head is still lodged in the chamber... When the gunpowder fires, it forces that, that rubber piece or whatever. It's definitely not a real bullet, so whatever. It's hard, though. It forces that out like a real bullet. And that's what happened. 
In this docu-series, the guy actually goes through and shows you step-by-step step how that would work. It fires through a, a, a two-inch thick piece of plywood, and you could obviously say, that's, why, that's what happened. That is what happened to Brandon. He got hit with this piece, and whatever this piece did inside of his body, it didn't give him a chance to survive. Now, it gets even crazier because, of course, they wanted to quit making the film. They wanted to quit. They wanted to just scrap it and move on with their, with their lives. But unfortunately, the mother and his fiance, soon-to-be wife, Brandon Lee's soon-to-be wife, wanted to continue to make the film because this was Brandon's breakthrough role. This was going to put him on the map. It was his film. He was the star, and he would have wanted it made. And that's not even the craziest thing. We've mentioned during these cursed films that they have used this thing called a death mask where they take a cast of somebody's face either after they're dead or just before they die. They did it in, I think, Poltergeist, the cult leader. Okay? They basically do the same... They had to have done the same thing with Brandon Lee because they did continue to finish the film. They shot... A lot of things differently. There's a lot of shadow work where you don't actually see his face because the guy who replaces uh, Brandon Lee was simply his stunt double. And that's fine. But they had to put prosthetics on his face to make him look a little bit more like Brandon. And when the makeup guy actually took the photos of the stuntman, it freaked people out. Other people working on the movie were like, that's fucking weird. Now imagine him walking around in the scenes, just, I would imagine probably a few months after this tragic accident, they continued to make the film. That'd be haunting, for sure. Just this guy who looks exactly like the guy that was murdered on the, on the set, walking around, hanging out, doing the, doing the lines, it's just bothersome. And like I said, they took out a lot of different things from this film. Skull Cowboy was completely... He was taken out completely outside of one scene. Um, the studio was known to have to... Had been cutting corners. And that's what led to the mistakes from being overworked. When they, And this is coming from Michael Berryman, who's obviously worked on many films. So coming from a very experienced actor, saying, hey, this is... Uh, this isn't good. You guys should be having more people do these different jobs. An accident occurred. Just simply from being lazy. But if you compare this episode to the other episodes of the Cursed Films, you can simply say, aside from Lee being killed and the alleged curse, it seems more of a family thing due to the actual lack of curses or cursed situations happening in the film in the production I mean outside of the electrician what else happened so just with the death of Lee you have to wonder how could have how could how good how talented how famous would Brandon Lee have been if he was still alive would the crow have done as well as it did would it have been a better film I would imagine so I mean Bruce Lee was like a a no fail type of guy Almost everything that he put out was digested by the public. 
Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. You're a wonderful audience. I'm glad that I have you. I can keep you captivated for 20, 30 minutes about this stuff. And definitely check it out. If you like horror movies, if you're listening to this podcast with the idea that there's going to be some paranormal stuff, well, go download the Shudder app. Get it somehow. Get on the website, Shudder.com. Check this out for yourself. You will enjoy it. It is very interesting. And also, there's so many great horror films over there. But this is the Can't Sleep cast. I am Patrick Michael. Contact the show at WeRotTogether at gmail.com or contact me, follow me on all social media at GlitchFredberg. I will put the links to those things in the episode descriptions. And if you're interested in seeing videos, like I said, YouTube.com slash C slash Studios for all things video coming from the podcasting that I do. But until then, thank you so much for tuning in. Good night. Ha 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 